Polymath Podcast. My name is Zita Porter, and today we'll be talking about teaching. A polymath is a person of wide-ranging knowledge or learning. This is definitely correlated with today's topic of teachers as they help their students learn every day. This interview is with Julia Fonchel, who is a current teacher in New Orleans. I met Julia my freshman year of college at the University of South Carolina. We were both in University Ambassadors, which was an organization where we gave campus tours to prospective students. There's a year-long training process associated with University Ambassadors, and Julia was there to help guide me through my tour creation during the spring of my freshman year. Even though I only knew Julia in the organization for a short period of time, she left a great impact. She was well-respected in the organization, she won Ambassador of the Year, and really helped me develop into the ambassador I was throughout my time in college. In today's interview, Julia recounts some of her favorite memories in her past three years of teaching, and we focus a lot on Teach for America. Julia completed the training process and the two-year program, and is currently a full-time teacher in New Orleans. Her perspectives are very interesting, especially considering that right when she started teaching, COVID hit. I think that's all for my introduction. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Can you describe your background a little bit, how you got to where you are today? Okay, well, I'm in my third year of teaching now, which is crazy. It feels like I just started, but I didn't study teaching in college. I always loved school. So like even in high school, I was like, maybe I'll be a teacher one day. But in college, I studied political science and public health were my degrees. And I was just always interested in sort of like a social justice lens of those things. And both those classes or both like degrees that I took always pointed at the other degree as to like the root of the problem. <laughs> like the political science issue would be like, no, it's a public health problem. And public health would be like, no, it's a policy problem. But then both would be like, no, it's an education problem. Like people aren't educated about it. So it's like, okay, I got to get in the, get to the bottom of this. And so I was like, oh, I'll go into education and heard about this program, Teach for America, which is what I got started in where you basically apply and you rank 10 locations they tell you what you're going to teach and where you're going to teach it. And that's what I did. And I got put in New Orleans teaching high school. And it's been like such a good fit for me um, so far, at least. I teach my first year, I taught like high school success, which was like the college prep class. And then the past two years, I've been teaching ninth grade English. And it's been like my jam. It's so fun. Romeo and Juliet, all that jazz. So it's been sort of a good fit for me and it's interestingly like a good fit for my degrees too but yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the Teach for America process who you've met through that? Definitely it is interesting so yeah like I guess I first heard about TFA like junior year of college and TFA has like an interesting reputation because if you ask around in the field of education there's a lot of anti-TFA rhetoric out there just because of I would say like their business model is to pick people that aren't qualified to be teachers and then put them in places that need really good teachers, but don't, you know, they sort of low key throw them to the wolves. But I really loved it because I sort of went into it being like, okay, I need a challenge. And it's definitely been a challenge. And I learned really quickly because they do. So you apply, you go through interviews, you rank your situations, you find out where you're at. And then the summer before you start teaching, you do institute and it's like a month and a half long program where you basically do like a crash course of teaching. 
And then your first year teaching, you get certified. So you do like a certification course. So I'm like a certified teacher now, but when I applied, I wasn't. And they place you in the school that you're at. And fortunately, the school that I'm in has a really big emphasis on feedback and training. And it's just like a very good work culture for myself because like, I mean, we met in ambassadors all we did in ambassadors was like feedback, right? And so I loved getting feedback and I was like, great, great, great. I'm gonna get better, become a better teacher. And that was my goal and that's what I did. But I know a lot of people that didn't stay in TFA and that's another reason why TFA kind of gets a bad rep as well because people start with it and then they quit. And that's exactly the opposite of what we need right now. We need more teachers staying for longer and that's a problem that we're facing. But fortunately, my program was really great. I met a bunch of awesome teachers. New Orleans is full of young, energetic teachers. And so like almost all my friends were teachers when I first moved here and I've met more people that way. And my school's full of people that are really like-minded, like work really hard, care about, a lot about kids. And it's been a really great fit, but yeah. And so now I'm out of TFA. I'm like technically a Teach for America alum. And I really enjoyed my experience, but would tell everyone it's tough but worth it if you want to be in a school. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't realize you had already graduated out of the program, basically. That's really cool, though. Yeah, so, like, it's a two-year commitment, and throughout your two years, you do a lot of professional development and training because, you know, you come into it typically not with an education degree. So you're, like, learning on the job, always getting feedback, and it feels like a lot at first, but... I really enjoyed it because I really wanted to improve. So I was like, yes, make me sit in a PD. Like I need more lessons on teaching. But then after your two years, you are just a educator if you choose to stay in it. So I'm a public school educator of Louisiana now. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. Because when I was graduating high school, I would never think that this would be my job, but it's like a great fit. That's great. I'm glad you like it so much. <laughs> Thank um, you. I mean, sometimes I don't, but- <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what initially made you interested in teaching? Yes. I think when you talk to a lot of teachers, or at least in my experience, teachers are either start thinking about teaching because they either loved school or had a teacher that really changed their life or a class that changed their life or the opposite. They didn't thrive, needed a teacher like them, and they became that teacher. Fortunately, I was in the first part I was like all about school growing up and was surrounded by incredible teachers that like still right now I could list off teachers that I try to be like as a teacher now so I guess I first started thinking about teaching when I was younger like in school and always thinking and when you're growing up you're like okay what are the jobs that exist like nurse teacher you know that's like always on the top of the list of possible jobs one day at least it was for me and then when I was in college I always found myself in roles where I was with a lot of people and in like education roles, like in ambassadors, for instance, and where you're working with people and you're training with people and being like my new member mom of my sorority. Never knew that would be like such a helpful tool that I did, but they're all roles where you're a part of someone else's growth. And I loved it. Like I love being invested in other people. And so then I got contacted by TFA and I was like, this could be a really great fit. Let's try it out. And fortunately, it was so far. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I can totally see how Ambassadors ties into that. And I feel like you did a lot with University 101 as well. 
Yeah. And I think about that a lot too, because that was me as a senior in college working with freshmen. And I did that for two years. So it was like a, like a co-teacher kind of, of that U101 class. And I think about that a lot because my students that I first taught are in college now. And I was like, oh my gosh, like not long ago, I was teaching freshmen in college, navigating the way. And that same mindset fits a lot when you're teaching high schoolers because you're trying so hard to prepare them for their next level. And with you one-on-one, you're like trying to help them just succeed at South Carolina. And um, you're so right. That was another big thing that I did. That was like, okay, I could try my way in a classroom. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you have favorite aspects about teaching so far from what you've experienced? Yes, for sure. Um, I'm not going to lie. I listened to the first episode. I loved your teacher that you had in high school. Was it in sixth grade that you had your teacher? Yes. Yes. Sixth and seventh grade. Incredible. But he said, like, every teacher is always going to say the students. I'm like, oh, I was going to say that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, of course. The students, like, they're so fun. They're so goofy. Not one single day is the same every day. And part of it is the reason why teaching can be so stressful because it's so unpredictable. But also it makes it so interesting and fun. And I'm meeting their families. Like, I call their parents all the time. And I know their siblings. And... They, we contact each other on our birthdays and it's like great to just be a part of their growth like watching students go from freshman to senior year they change so much and they're so silly and fun but they've also grown so much and it's just awesome to see a human like develop in that way that's for sure the best part there's other cool parts yeah. to it <laughs> and then how do you define success for yourself as a teacher so hard <laughs> oh gosh I feel like a lot of teachers will probably say this too, but I often overlook success when in one given day, you might have a bunch of kids do really, really well or do some really awesome things, but then there might be three or four situations that happened that day that was like, dang, that was a tough situation that I often go home thinking about the harder parts of the day. Um, Like a kid that was having a tough time that day or a moment that just didn't click or my lesson didn't go well. And But personally, thinking about like what I just said earlier about watching a student's growth, I would say that's also probably the success part too. This year, at least, I met my students their first day of high school. And even now in January, they've developed so much as young humans with like their understanding of the world and their ability to express themselves and form like positive working relationships in the school and I teach English so they're becoming better writers and better readers but like it's so great to see their growth in that area because that's what eventually I'm going to send them out to the world and you know the growth that they have developed to become people that are going to really thrive in that world that we live in is exactly the goal but that's like the highest thing that you could ever do so it's like if that's success we're working to like this really tough goal every day on smaller levels like um I love seeing a kid excited about the lesson if I'm looking for success in a day that's what I'm looking for a kid who's like this was cool if they leave saying this was cool about Shakespeare I'm like okay awesome I did my job (laughs) So yeah, I guess there is a big difference between the short-term, the long-term success between the two. Totally. Yeah. 
what is something that you discovered during your past three years of teaching that was either unexpected or surprised you? It's hard. Uh, well, gosh, the pandemic. Um, <laughs> my first year teaching, I was like, okay, August 2019, new teacher on the block, look out world. And then March 2020, everything shuts down and they're like, okay, here's a computer, teach on Zoom. And it was a mess. It was so surprising, obviously, like no one expected this to happen. Um, but the other thing that was interesting and surprising is that it's still going on and students are so resilient and teachers are so resilient and we're still looking for new solutions. That's the other thing I love about education so far, what I've seen, because I feel it still, I feel like I'm a young teacher, but it seems like so often there's new research coming out about like the best practice or new discoveries about like this worked the best way and this didn't. And so it's okay to try a lot of different things. I mean, you don't want to because it's so important to have like a routine in the day, but I love like observing, okay, like next year, I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep this. And now that this is like my third year teaching on Zoom, basically, like I was on Zoom all day today with these kids. We're learning a lot about, you know, how excited kids get about school and how disappointed it is when they can't be there. The pandemic was obviously surprising, but a positive way to look at it is that it also really instilled just the value of schools in communities and in kids' lives. And I'm like rambling right now, but it's been interesting to be a part of. And I'm like glad that, I'm not glad it happened, but like, I feel like I've learned a lot from these three years and my school has too. Yeah, I definitely am going through college during a pandemic as well. Yeah. Definitely much easier to be in the classroom to learn rather than just sitting on my computer all day. But it's funny too, because um, because the pandemic hit like my first year out of college and I was like still like in my college brain. I was like, oh, I've done school online before. So I had a little bit of an advantage over some teachers that were out of college for a while because I was like, oh, you know. I know Canvas, I know Blackboard, I know these things, I can handle that. And that wasn't too difficult, but it was still like these other things that are so out of our control that I'm sure you saw in your classes too, where you're like, okay, my Wi-Fi sucks. And you're like, um, this kid doesn't have a computer or this family, they share a room. How are they gonna be in two different classes at once? You know, when they share a room or they have this responsibility or this or that, and it was crazy. But that's what makes it interesting, too, because you're always troubleshooting and always finding a solution for something. Yeah, I think that definitely shows a lot about being adaptive in that role as well. And yeah. then what advice would you give to someone interested in becoming a teacher or specifically doing Teach for America? Good question. I would say you don't know everything. And to be open to learn, especially if you're doing Teach for America, there are so many opportunities in Teach for America to learn and go through development. Like we often have, a, you know, like a counselor that is with us for two years and form relationships with those people. And even though some things are required, take them as an opportunity. And like at my school too, take all the other teachers at your school their expertise, lean into that, ask questions, take feedback, because there are so many people that know so much and that you can always learn and become better. I'm like still every day, like, oh man, 
I can do this better tomorrow. And I think that's what makes it an exciting thing because it's challenging to realize that like, I'm not very good at something. Your first year teaching, you're like, dang, this is hard. Like I might not be very good at this, but it's really great to ask questions and get feedback because eventually you will improve and your students will be grateful that you're just trying your hardest too. I hope that yeah. was clear. <laughs> yes, no. I'm thinking off definitely... the top of my head, but yeah. I still feel like I'm in my first year teaching, honestly, with this pandemic. It's been such a strange, strange time. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe you get back to more full-time in the classroom. Right? I, I mean, we so. just were in the fall and then surge and everything. But I mean, the other thing I just heard on the news this morning, they were interviewing someone about schools. Obviously, everyone's talking about schools right now. And they were just talking about someone who was like, I've been doing this. I was a superintendent. I wish I could remember the city, but he said something like, I was, I've been doing this for 26 years. And my motto has always been, if you're doing the best thing for the kids, you're doing the best thing you can do. And he said, but I've never seen, I've never been given the answer what the best thing is. And I was like, dang, that is spot on. Cause we're always trying to do our best by our students and like never would we put anything that's less than our best in front of our kids. But how do we know it is the best thing to do? And how do we know which situation, especially during this pandemic is gonna be the best thing for them, their health, their family's health, their education, their long-term health and mental health, especially mental health with these high schoolers that I teach. And it's so, so complicated. Yeah, I think we have a long road ahead of us to figure all that out. Yeah. Those are my questions. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that interview with Julia. It was great to catch up with her and hear about all the cool things she's doing now. This wraps it up for the first month of the Pondering Polymath podcast. Stay tuned for a new topic in February and make sure to follow on Instagram at Pondering Polymath.